Hi, and welcome to the SRC Toolbox Podcast, where we discuss everything in renovation and the renovation business. My name is Bill Gagne, and in this episode, we're going to talk about what our process is here at Speed River Contracting, taking you from first contact to quote to contract to startup construction. So those are the four steps that we go through before we get to actually building your project. The first is contact. Now, generally, people are going to use the internet to find us. They're going to use Google reviews. They're going to search us, and they can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, soon Pinterest, LinkedIn, our website. There's a variety of places. I mean, we're going to have a YouTube channel, uh, Instagram TV. There's all kinds of places that they'll be able to find us to make contact. Now, once people make contact, we're going to try to get back to them within one to two business days to schedule a site visit. So what they'll get from us is an email saying, hey, thanks for reaching out. We'd love to schedule an appointment. When is best for you? The information we're going to want to know at first contact is what the project is, where the project's located, when you're looking to get started, and the person's contact information, you know, your phone number, email address, the address of the project, those kinds of things. Now, once we get all that information, we're going to send a calendar invite to the client, and it's going to say the address of the project, the time of the meeting, and then any details that we have in and out that, like say, is is it a bathroom renovation? We're quoting a an ensuite bathroom. So that will go out to the client. Once the client gets the calendar invite and incepts, we go out to view the project. Now, the next step here is we're gonna go, we're gonna meet with you, we're gonna review what it is you want done. What's the scope of work? What are you looking to do? Okay, we'll take pictures of the space, we'll take measures, we'll make a floor plan, or in some cases, depending on the size of the project, clients may already have those things done. And as I've said in previous podcasts, the more you plan, the better off you are and it really helps your renovation. But it's also our job to help you plan. So we'll go to the site visit, again, measures, uh, layout, all of that, go over what you want, pictures, and then we take that information back with us, and then we begin to compile the quote. And we'll be compiling material costs, you know, have you specified a certain flooring? Have you, are we ordering windows? You know, how much does that cost? We do certain things in-house. You know, we do a lot of the carpentry work, uh, project management, waterproofing, uh, some of the drywall work. There's certain things we do do in-house. But in large part, we contract a lot of things out. So then we will spend that time collecting prices from the electrician, the plumber, the mechanical contractor, you know, what uh, flooring you're going to be using. We try to get back to people within 10 business days. That's our goal is to get people information within 10 business days. For smaller projects, you know, bathrooms of that nature, it's easier to get a price within that 10-day window. For bigger picture or bigger projects, you know, additions, main floor renovations that may require drawings or permit, there's a little more extensive work involved. There's more trades to deal with, and there's more information to collect and compile. And then we provide a different um, estimate or pricing guideline to that. So now we've gotten back to you within the 10 businesses. We use a project management software called Noify that we've talked about in another 
podcast that allows us to integrate the quote and the contract in the same document. In our quotes, we itemize all the subtasks, all the trades. So everything we're going to be doing from framing, demolition, electrical, plumbing, HVAC, drywall, paint, flooring, doors, trim. Um, what else is there? You know, waterproofing, all those things will itemize in the quote, but not just itemize them. We'll take the scope of work that was described in the site visit. That scope of work will go with that subtask, and then there'll be an accompanying price. So every line item will have the scope of or the the subtask, the scope of work underneath, and then the cost for that subtask. We use the software to try to be as transparent as possible, as as defined as possible in the pricing so that people aren't just getting this big number. They can actually see, oh, drywall does cost that much. Oh, this costs that much. Okay. So if they want to make revisions at any point, they have a context of what the cost is. We use fixed price contracts for the vast majority of our projects. Fixed cost means the price we quote for that task at the beginning of the project is the price you will pay at the end of that project once that's completed based on what we put together. The two exceptions to that within a fixed cost project are if there are changes made, if scope of work changes based on something added to the work or deleted from the work. So if somebody decides we're going to take out the painting, okay, the client's going to paint or they have a brother-in-law who's going to paint or however they want to work it, we remove that. So then now our time spent at the project goes down, but also so does the cost. However, if they turn around and say, you know what? We decided we're doing our main floor. We want to do the bathroom too, or we want to tile the floor in the powder room. So now we're adding to the scope of work. Both of those situations change the timeline and the cost of the project. So anytime you're adding or deleting something, both of those change. It's kind of like running the 400 meter dash. If you add 200 meters to the 400 meter dash, you can't do it in the same amount of time. Same as if you turn the 400 meter dash into the 200 meter dash, you're gonna do it faster. So it's important to, to just keep that context in mind when you're adding things. Even though we're there and we're already working in there, more work means more time. Point final, uh, there's no two ways about it. The other reason a cost can change is we call them in the contract, it's something called site conditions. So it means it's something that we did not quote or something that we could not have anticipated happening. Uh, so if we open the walls and there's mold or there's aluminum wiring or things like that, things that were not quoted, that were not part of it, those need to be added in and dealt with. Now, within the contract, we have change order. So once the project starts, the software allows us to add changes and we do not uh, execute changes unless they're approved. So the software then sends you a notification, please approve this, you approve it, we execute it. But we're getting a little off track here. So you're getting an itemized quote with everything in there. The contract comes in the same document. So we've itemized what everything costs down to the dollar, what the scope of work is, and then the contract is included in that. What the contract does is it specifies what the contractor's responsibilities are, what the client's responsibilities are, and the scope of work included, which is what the contract is for, uh, who's providing what, 
permit responsibilities, drawings. So all of that is outlined in the contract. We will itemize in that also who the subtrades are that work on. So who's the electrician, who's the plumber, who's the ventilation contractor, who's doing the floor. Everybody that works with us will be in there. So you, the client doesn't think, oh, you're just getting some guy. They can actually research the companies that work with us. And we have a lot of longstanding relationships from the previous iteration. So it's not like it's anybody that's new to us. We don't really bring in somebody that's new. You know, everybody that we've worked with, I've worked with for, you know, five, seven, nine years, somewhere in and around that. So we want to be as transparent with who works with us and how much things cost, but also how we're going to get paid. So the payment structure is included in that. We uh, do not book any projects into our calendar until a deposit is confirmed. Our deposits for our contracts are range between 10 and 20%, and they are kind of a, a placeholder. They're, they're a sign of commitment. The deposit is a sign that the client is committed to hiring us. So we are committing them into our calendar, and we're moving forward. If at any time the client says, look, you know, we've decided to move to Florida, we're not going ahead with the renovation, then we simply refund their deposit. It's not a big deal. We do not book projects into our calendar until the, the contract is signed and the deposit is confirmed. So once the contract is signed, which we do digitally, um, then we send an invoice for the deposit amount and then and a tentative start date based on where we are. Once the deposit is received, then we book it with a firm date into the calendar. So we'll have the deposit as the first step, and then the other payment structure revolves around work completion. We only bill for things once they're complete, and the contract outlines what points or what milestones where we will be invoicing for. Typically, there's, there's going to be multiple payments in a project for smaller payments or sorry, for smaller contracts or projects, there may be, you know, only two or three, whereas bigger ones, there may be six or seven. You know, a kitchen main floor renovation, there'll be more invoices because it's a longer project and it's easier to manage smaller payments along the way than it is to haul out these big chunks of money. So for us, all things only get invoiced for once they are complete. We don't invoice for drywall before we do drywall. We invoice for drywall after drywall. So for us as contractors and contractors in general, delays hurt everyone. Delays hurt the client because the project is being pushed back. Delays hurt the contractor because they can't charge for work that they're not doing. Um, and this is how reputable, you know, longstanding contractors operate. The only difference in, in some billing is like if you're ordering windows and it's $25,000 worth of windows, well, you're probably going to get a deposit just for that task uh, to pay for the windows because if something happens now, you own those windows because they're they're measured and, and custom. Now, now that we've outlined what the payment structure is, we'll outline also payment methods. In the past, check was kind of the way that everybody paid. Now we've moved to digital platforms. E-transfer or email money transfers from your bank account, there's a limit of $3,000. So if you're doing a $25,000 project, you can only email $3,000 a day, you can only email $10,000 in a week, and you can only email $20,000 in a month. So unless the invoice is under $3,000, which in a lot of cases it's not, 
we don't take email money transfer. We have moved to a payment system called Pluto, P-L-O-O-T-O, if you want to research it. It's essentially eliminated checks. It's a digital check. You take the checking information from the bottom of your check, and then that will be inputted, and that is used to transfer money from bank to bank. So let me backtrack here. I jumped ahead on this. How it works. We send you the invoice, and then following that invoice, we send a link to the Pluto payment request. So it is a payment request. It is not an automatic payment. So it does not get processed until the client clicks process payment. It can sit in their inbox for a month. No money is going to come out until they click the button. How it works is on the first request for payment, they'll be, uh, you'll have to input your banking information. So it's the banking information at the bottom of your checks, which is something you give away anyways. You're, you're, you're handing it out to people when you hand somebody a check. So inputting it into the banking information is the same. It's kind of public information, but kind of not. So the system then will link the account to Pluto and then it will request the money. It will actually request a PIN, a personal identification number that you guys have to punch in that authorizes the two, the link between the bank accounts. And then it will process the payment. So as we go along, process the first payment, we hit the next milestone, we will send the invoice, we will send the payment request, and then after you get that, you say, okay, accept. So that is how our payment structure works. So we've gone through, we've gone through the itemized quote, the scope of work, listing the contractors, listing our responsibilities, payment structure, payment methods. We've gotten to the end and the software is going to have three prompts. It's gonna say accept, decline, ask for revisions. So we'll go back to what we talked about earlier. We're a contractor who's gonna do a little bit of sharing work if you wanna paint or you have something you wanna do on your own. We're happy to help with that. So you say, you know what, we've got a quote for paint. We're going to do that now. So let's revise and take out the paint. So you click the button, say ask for revisions. We click the button to delete the paint. It resends the revised contract, and then you go ahead and accept. Now, once the contract's accepted, as we said before, we send you an invoice for the deposit with the payment request, with a tentative date, and then you send us the payment, and we book in the date. Once that's complete, we're going to go ahead and start the work to get ready for construction. So construction is the next phase, but there's a lot of pre-construction work to be done. We have to finalize your selections, paint colors, floors, cabinets, whatever you're going through. We may have to get permit. We may have to have permit drawings done. So the bigger projects that require permit, if there are not already pre-existing drawings, we have to commission drawings. So all of this is done in the period between contract and construction date. Also, you know, we're going to create a calendar of events that we're going to follow throughout and we're going to follow up on as it evolves. Things happen in construction, we run into delays or things are going faster. We're always in constant contact and discussing the schedule. Here's where we are in our schedule. Here's where we are based on our previous uh, completion date. So the next thing we're going to do is go ahead and get started on construction. And that's just that easy. So I hope all of this gives you a better idea 
of our process of how we go about doing things. If you have any questions, you want to know more, please leave it in the comments. Uh, like, subscribe, comment, whatever it is you need to do would be great. And thanks for listening.